Hey, fellow community, welcome to episode 84 of the podcast. And if you're new, that means there are 83 other amazing episodes for you to check out. Great guests, amazing content, check it out. And as you're listening to them, you'll notice that we say this a lot. Our goal is to help you become more effective so that your church can become more effective. And I figure if each of us is becoming a little bit better version of themselves every day, we'll be more able to handle the role of being a technical artist in our local church even better. About 10 days ago, I had the privilege to be the production manager for the Global Leadership Summit at Willow Creek Church. And it's a role that I haven't done since around 2014 when I was still on staff at Willow Creek. And if you know my story, the GLS was one of my most favorite parts of my job back in the day. And when I felt like God was asking me to step away from my job, really the Leadership Summit was the thing I was really going to miss the most. And hey, now I got to go back and it was fun. You know, and for many reasons, it was a totally different experience. And for many others, it was super familiar. And on one hand, there were many people that I'd never worked with before. So there was some adjustment there. And as a leader, understanding what certain people need and how to provide those things are really important. And on the other side, regardless of how many times you've worked together or how much you understand one another, making something while in community is tough. I mean, it just is. To have a creative idea and then execute that idea, I mean, it's time consuming and relationally sometimes can be challenging. At the beginning, it's just an idea. It hasn't even been proven to work. And then once you get into rehearsing something and seeing it all happen in reality, and it doesn't quite match the original idea, sometimes there can be tension. But that's when we need to dig into troubleshooting to how to make it actually work, which is even now a new version of the idea. And this whole process, I mean, frankly, it used to frustrate me as a tech person. You know, why can't we just have ideas that are doable and execute them? You know, just no big deal. And during the rehearsal process of this year's GLS, somebody asked me how it was going. And my answer was that, you know, we're kind of in no man's land. The, the idea isn't turning out like we thought, and we're working through how to make it actually work, but we haven't landed on anything yet. And these times are filled with what feels like a lot of waiting around and lots of trial and error. Basically, it's a slow moving process to get to the solution that actually works. But then when it does come together, I love that it's required creativity from everyone. Uh, not just one person who's in charge or the leader, but all of us have to be creative to get this thing working. And we all got a chance to do something that we weren't sure how to do when we first started, but then we made something amazing together. I just love that. And someone said, I think it was Jim Dallaire who designed the set for this year's GLS Amazing Work. You design something three times. You design it in your head, and then you have the design on paper, and then you have the one that's actually in reality. And I feel like that really sums up a lot of the creative process in many of the production areas at the GLS. Really, the whole team did excellent work. The team from the Global Leadership Network, Willow Creek Church's production team, Pulsepark was the creative team. And then we had a couple of people come in. Rusty Anderson video directed. Seth Thiessen was the lighting designer. Jeremy Bagwell was the video TD. Joy Bork, who did the graphics for the speakers. And really the whole team at Signature Production Group, they helped pull this off in an amazing way by providing projectors and LED walls. They were amazing. And I got to spend some time at the GLS with the guest on our podcast today, Jeremy Bagwell. He ran the Ross Acuity Switcher uh, at Willow Creek for the event. And he is the worship production representative at Ross Video. And we had a, a meandering conversation, uh, which usually is how I roll, but it was all really good. And I'm excited for you to hear it. 
How's it going, Jeremy? It's great. You've been on before. I, well, you know, I'm not a first-time caller, long-term listener anymore, right? <laughs> That's right. You're, so. Yeah, second-time second caller. Time. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, great to have you on. We're kind of uh, talking near the beginning of the summertime. How's your summertime vibes going? Oh, it's great. We just took the kids to the Dude Perfect Tour. I love it. Show, and, uh, which is amazing. And, you know, I'm sure if anybody listening has kids from the age... One to 14, <laughs> 14 okay. maybe. Oh, well, you said. Yeah, my son's son 20 on. and he's totally into it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or was at one was, point. Was, yeah. yes. Yeah. So I didn't realize these guys have been doing it for 13 years. So it's actually really yeah. amazing. And what a cool story they have in their faith as well. So my kids are nine and 11. And like, luckily, I did not spend a fortune on merch. But the saddest part about it was my kids leaving empty-handed after I didn't spend $45 on a T-shirt. Oh, wow. But, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, what does the merch do yes. perfect? Like footballs yes. and like Frisbees and yep. stuff like T-shirts, that? T-shirts, oh. hats, long sleeve shirts, like you name it. Yeah. They got it, man. Right. They were printing money. Anyway, if you bought merch, great. It's just right. Yeah, yeah. It's not for not, everybody. Not the way we roll. Right, so, right. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what we've been doing. Summertime is we're doing a big family vacation trip that we're going out west, uh, which we're excited about. We've never done that. Nice. So. Now, do you still have your, for a while there, you were living in a trailer? Yeah, uh, like a camper. A camper, you still own that thing and you're going to yeah, take still it out got west? It. Okay. We're going to take it out west. Nice. Maybe our last big hoorah. Who knows? Okay. We're trying it out. It's 5,500 okay. miles in Whoosh. a truck, in a, in a, in a, six dollar gas. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, hey, you know, we got, let's just live it. This is it. This is the time. Our kids are the right age, all that stuff. So, right. Yeah. So we're going up to Glacier National Park and going to do some things in between. So, okay. Yeah. Very excited about it. I would say uh, if you're looking for an opinion, Mount Rushmore is not worth the the trip, but got it. If you're driving by it, yeah, you might as well stop. Right. Yeah. But don't go out of your way. We're going to go to Badlands too, which is right there by Rushmore. So, yeah. Yeah. Devil's Tower is right there too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so we'll be going up Wyoming. and back and yeah. Cool. Nice. Yeah, well, since we're talking about summer vacation, I'm yeah. uh, I'm working. That's my... Uh, okay. I just got back from visiting my folks. Uh, they live in northern Michigan and we got a tree farm up there. So did some tree farming. And, like what uh, kind of trees? Yeah, so they're... Uh, red pine mostly. So if you're driving on the freeway, they have a lot of these in Georgia. We just see rows and rows of trees. Yep. That's what we're doing. So okay. there were probably 25 years in. So they're pretty tall. Okay. Yeah. Got about 60 acres of solid, I mean, just packed yeah. red uh, pine trees. So yeah, I would just go around and clean up and make sure everything's going okay. And usually That's drive cool. some four wheeling around and yeah. see the I wildlife. I can imagine vacation looks a little bit different you having like adult kids yeah totally different yeah i mean part of it is just like hey are you guys available to come like what's your work schedule look like right yeah so that's usually uh the challenge now because you know for me i can just hold my kids hostage and that's right you are coming yeah we are doing this yeah yeah i think uh the last real vacation uh we had as a family like that where it's like we are going it was in 2014 so my oldest was still in high school and we're like, we're doing this. And we yeah. did a road trip out west. And this is like, to, I don't know if anybody cares about what yeah. we're talking about. Maybe I it'll lo- get cut from it. the podcast. Yeah, right. But we took a road trip out west. And I told everybody, hey, let's like brainstorm together where we want to go. And we'll stop those places. And no one would participate. Like just nobody cared. So they're like, you know what? 
dad's picking and you're going to go to all of it. And yeah. uh, it was uh, presidential libraries was the theme of there our Out go. West trip. Because <laughs> coming, <laughs> yes, <yeah>, so random. <laughs> coming from Illinois, you got Lincoln. Yep. You got, well, in between uh, Lincoln and Truman, you got Winston Churchill Museum in the middle of uh, Missouri. I'm pretending like I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I'm a sure. Right, I'm yeah. A, yeah. Huge, huge Winston Churchill fest. So Tr- Truman and then Eisenhower okay. in, in Kansas. So anyway, we hit all those okay. little spots along the way. And then we That's went good. to, you know, Rocky Mountain National Park and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pikes Peak and all those places. But That's uh, cool. anyway. Yeah. Uh, a little rabbit trail. So let's uh, let's maybe talk about, there's something in what we just talked about that I think is really important. So maybe we'll get to your introduction here in a second, okay. but okay. just the idea of making a plan and doing something with your family, or yep. I mean, maybe you're not married or whatever, You like to make time for yourself that has nothing to do with kind of the job that you have every week, which yep. you know can be a huge grind. Yep, yep, I agree. What's fascinating about this is I start, we started planning this like in January, okay. you know, and you got to book yep. stuff. And like, so for me, it's like been really fun. It, it's a thing and a, a hobby that I could just, it kind of became for the last six months, you know, really f- three, three months, January, February, March, it was like planning, okay, where are we going to go? Where are we staying? Right, right. Can we afford it? You can yep. book everything out. Like, so yeah, I was able to disconnect from work and, you know, and do something like, man, I am... It is a, when we get in this truck and we start pulling the camper down the road, it's going to be like, man, it was a labor of love to get to this point, <laughs> yeah, you know? Right. But it was fun at the same time. It's like my, none of my family knows where we're going. We, they just know out West, right? So. Sure. Right. Uh, it's going to be fun to do it. And it was refreshing to do something that's not work related, but right. it involves a lot of planning because that's kind of sure. what we do, right? As production yeah. technical people, as we project manage a lot. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, there's two things to what you said that you already mentioned. The one, which is having something besides work to think about, yep. you know, to to be able to say, oh man, uh, I need to look into, you know, where can we stop in yep. Iowa on the way up or whatever, you know, that yep. could do some research, or whatever. It, it gets your mind, it almost refreshes your mind from yeah. the things that fill it every other day, which is work-related type right. things. I think it's so yep. important. The other part is that you're, I mean, to to plan in advance you're now on the hook. You got to yeah, go. That's right. As opposed to what I sort of lean towards doing. Well, I want to keep all my options open to the last minute and then I end up not doing anything, you know? Yeah. And so to be on the hook for, I am leaving on this day and I will be back on this day. That's and right. I'm going to unplug during those times. Yeah, yeah, so important. As gas prices went up, I just kept looking at my budget and was like, yeah. okay, I can still <laughs> afford it. Okay, I can still afford it. Okay, so as of right now, I can still afford it. You know, so it's like, okay, we're going to go do this. But it's because, like, so much work has been involved. And it's like, who knows what right. next year is going to be like. Like, if you, For just, sure. if you just put off an adventure like that, like, that's that, – and that's a core value for our family is like, hey, we yeah. want to do things. We want to give our kids experiences that uh, maybe I didn't have as a kid and right, things like right. that. So that's – you plan ahead. You make make plans, earn money. Make it work. Yeah. This is reminding me, I had a conversation with my youngest son. I forget how we got on the subject, but we all drove to Canada, uh, or four of the five of us drove to Canada to drop my daughter off to college. She went to school in okay. Calgary, or maybe we were maybe we were visiting the college. That's probably more accurate. And we had had a long day of visiting the campus and all this stuff. And we're like, let's go back to the hotel. We're just like, close our eyes for 10 minutes or whatever, and then you know, we'll go do something. And we got in the room and closed the blinds or whatever to, you know, just take a little bit of shut eye. And I just remember laying there like, 
what are we doing? We're, we're insane. Like we're in Canada for crying out loud. I'm like, open the blind. Let's go. Let's, yeah, I mean, there you go. That's, what are we doing? We're wasting this opportunity. When are we ever going to be back here again? Probably never. Let's pile it in the car and we'll Google something on the way to wherever. And yep. that was, I mean, that was been five years or something. And my son was, we were talking about, it. he's like, I always think about that. Yep. Like, should I take it easy or should I go do something? Go do yep. something. That's right. Yeah, so I love yep. that idea of adventure. Yep. yep. Yeah. So it's exciting. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so we already know your name is Jeremy, yep. and you've been on the podcast more than once. What else do you that's do? Right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So I work for Ross Video. We manufacture video systems. So I like to say anything. We don't make cameras. We make pretty much devices all along the video signal path until it hits the back of an encoder, back of a TV, LED wall, projector. So we make a lot of those live event production solutions is like what we just like to say. But my job at Ross is to champion the cause of church. That's what I like to okay. say is at the end of the day, I'm here to help Ross Video understand church production just as much as I'm here to help churches understand who Ross Video is, right? Mm -hmm. The relationship that a manufacturer has with our church community is really, really important. And for when I was doing full-time church work for 15 years, I felt that and I get the opportunity to maybe change it or at least interact differently. Sure. Right. So that, that's what I get to do is my day job. Okay. So it's really fun. Nice. Yeah. Now I wouldn't call it your night job, but maybe you're on the side thing. You're doing some video directing too. Yep. I video direct at 12 Stone Church, which is, I was on staff at 12 Stone and kind of helped usher in a new like multiple campuses and all this kind of stuff. Then sure. I left there and went to North Point because 12 Stone is pretty close to my home. I, when I started at Ross, it was in the middle of COVID. The guy who took my place at 12 Stone called me. He was like, hey, would you be interested in coming back and doing some work for us? So I kind of fell into video directing almost every week for them. But okay. they're a great community of folks. And really, I care about them and think sure. they're awesome. So, yeah. Are there a lot of people still there from when you were? Uh, you know, what's funny is there's not, there's, okay, there's sure. like two or three, uh, uh, ish. Yeah, I guess there is a lot. I guess. Yeah. Some of the core, it, it's just a different leadership now. Than sure. It was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people, but there, some people have left. Some other people have come up into and grown into leadership levels. So sure. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So one of the things we're going to be talking about today is community, community on our teams, community with our peers, and one of the things in what you said that I think highlights this idea of how important community is that volunteers on our team, they start volunteering because of the gear and the cool factor and the chance to like yep. work with really uh, great equipment. But then they're really sticking around because of the relationships. Yep. And there was a time where I was leading the production team, but also leading the video team directly. So I was had, you know, volunteer video directors and camera ops and all this stuff. And then... Uh, somebody took that part of my job away, you know, took over that part. And I just watched the team, all these team members just kind of drop away. And I was yep. really sad about it. Like, oh, these are great people. And the reality is, is that they were there for the relationship part. Yes. And the fact that they don't necessarily connect with the new leader, yep. it's not a bad thing. It's just part of natural rhythm of life. And and then yep. to see that team get built up with new people that had an affinity together, yeah, would, would rather have that team still be together? Yeah, but yeah, it's about relationship. Yeah, I like to say like, you can't force it. Like no matter how right. much you yeah, wanted yeah. to force it, like you just can't. And so I think there's tendencies at a church level, uh, managing volunteers to system 
ties it, like build yeah, yeah. systems yep. and like it just it just happens and it rolls and it and you know, at the end of the day, um people don't want to be processed, you know, so yeah, people yeah, yeah. don't want to feel like they're just part of a process. They want to feel like they're part of a relationship. And so right. that's really important when in and I'm pretty passionate about the whole community thing. So anytime you build a system around to process people, um it doesn't feel great. Yeah. Even though we're technical people and we kind of want to slant toward process. Sure, right. Uh, yeah, to build a process, to lock it down, to not have to think about it again. I mean, there's something really great about that, but when right. you when you are dealing with people, yeah, just yeah. to feel that impersonal, it's like uh in a way anti-community. Yeah. So I mean, I remember folks I led is like, "Hey, why are, why is so and so leaving?" And I'm like, "Well, have you talked to them recently? Have you had a conversation?" <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah. no, yeah, you should just pick them up. Just why don't you call and ask them? Like, you yeah. know, like, and most of the time it's, it's relationship based. It feels, yeah. it feels very like there's a direct correlation with that relationship we're building, that investment we have with them, that conversations we have, the, all those things, direct correlation with how engaged or disengaged they are as right. volunteers. Yeah. The one thing about building a volunteer team is that you always have either less than you need or the exact right amount. You never yep. have like people waiting around to fill in empty holes because if they were sitting around doing nothing, they would not. You know, you, you also have that part of the of the team yes. that's like, I want to be doing something. So yep. it is more than community. But I can remember I had this teardown team. So we met in a high school. And so teardown was always the hardest to get people to stick around for. I can remember I had a couple of people say, oh yeah, we want to volunteer on the on the teardown team. I'm like, oh my God, thank you. And then uh, the same day, uh, somebody who'd been on the teardown team for years, like, hey, now that you got a couple extra people, I think I'm going to step yeah, down. Yeah, oh like, yeah, there you what? go. What? Oh my gosh. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's another part of the challenge is that you just have just exactly the right amount or less. Yep. Yeah, you never know when it's going to be somebody's season to move on or or whatever. Yep. And I think it... it it's the same. I mean, I even have conversation with worship leader friends of mine, you know, that it's the same in their context of leading bands and yeah, yeah. all that stuff. It's like, there's a high level and like we're, if you're a staff member on the worship leading or technical, you know, realm, you're, yeah. you're responsible for some technical stuff and the relational stuff. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting thing on how to build community and, you know, yeah, and I think the other thing for those of us doing technical things, I think if I had a spare hour, I would probably dig into a system, a technical something yes. to figure out or whatever versus reaching out, calling volunteers or, you know, texting or email, yep. whatever the whatever that form of connection is. Yep. Or even looking for new volunteers, you know, that I'm not going to necessarily invest in the community side of it. I'm going to try to figure out some new way to use yep. whatever. Yep. I agree. I had this like board day to-do list, you know, that okay. never got done, but it was like <laughs> clean up this room or go, you know, the amount of cables that are like temporarily routed right. around a rack yeah. and all this yeah. stuff. It's like, okay, well that's on the, we'll do it someday list, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was always like, oh, well I can do that or I could go call a vol volunteer. And a lot of times it's, we naturally slanted towards like oh, well, I'm going to go do that thing, that task. Right, right. Um, and get it done. Yeah, because I think uh, building community or reaching out to a volunteer, it's not like you can check it off the list necessarily. Like your yes. relationships require investment all the time. And it's yep. not just people are not something to just get done. I think people can tell if that's how you're, yeah. if that's how you're approaching it. 
and it's intimidating too. It's like, okay, cool. I'm a 25, 30 year old, <laughs> you know, and calling this 55 year old guy to say, right. Hey, you know, yeah, there's probably some things in my mind that I need to coach him on, you know, and there's also like, okay, then there's some things about, well, let's talk about the scheduling and like, yeah, you know, and then I need to ask some questions and it just gets intimidating. It's like, yeah. man, where do I start? Oh, well, I know I can do this thing, check it off the list. I know I've needed to get it done. So I'll put that conversation off, you know, right. And it right. just never happens. Yeah. But, yeah. I have a friend, John Cassetto at Saddleback Church. He has a thing where he says, you know, your, your volunteers or your people on your team shouldn't just feel loved. They should actually be loved. Mm, that's a good word. It's so easy to get caught up in the 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 task list and the thing to get done that it's easy to just take people for granted and yep. and not leave time for just hey how are you doing even when yep. you're when you're together serving yep. instead of it just being you know go 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 go. Yep. Yep. When you were at Twelve Stone, or maybe even at North Point, were there certain things that you did that, like looking back, were like, "Oh, that was a great culture builder, community building mm. thing." Uh, yeah, I think training is always a good community and culture building thing. Mm -hmm. We did training a lot of different ways. We did events. Um, yeah, I've messed around with it a lot of different ways, but ultimately, I think people really like gathering together. Yeah, on a yeah. non-Sunday. So that was really important. So a non-Sunday event. Now, the struggle with it is it requires planning. Right. You got to get catering. You got like, got a budget you got to deal with, like right. all that stuff. But what it turned out to be really fun in the times that we did it, because it was like, hey, we're going to do, we call it team, at North Point, we call it team nights. And so, yep. uh, hey, we did a team night. We were really overly aggressive. We did it once a month, which was okay. actually too much. Uh -huh. So then we backed it off after that. But it was really fun to get together with everybody in the green room. We had a meal together. Then we did training. And it wasn't – it was intentionally very loose. Got it. Because on Sundays, it's all very structured and very, like, tight. And yeah. so some of my uh, folks on my team didn't see eye to eye with me about it. But I was like, <laughs> hey, we got this whole system. The band's doing rehearsal right now yeah. because we schedule it during the rehearsal times. Yep. Um, the band's doing a rehearsal right now. You can go do whatever you want to. There's a couple of lead volunteers in each environment. There's some camera folks. There's um, somebody in the control room. And go play around and mess with And it, it allowed people to explore things. Yeah, right. Without pressure. Without yeah. pressure. So we did that for, we. I think we ate for an hour, did a little vision, not talk, but like five minutes of like, here's what we're here, all that <laughs> yeah, kind of stuff. Right. Keep it real simple. Don't overchurch it. And then... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which is important for our yeah, volunteers. Right. Yeah. They're like, okay, another sermon from our technical guy. From a cool. guy who can't really communicate. Yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> right. So I was like, no, hey, welcome. Glad you're here. All right, let's yeah. move on. Yeah. <laughs> but then go explore. And what I did and, and our staff team did, we floated around. And it was uh -huh. actually a really great conversation. One of the, one of the camera ops came to me and said, like, hey, every time, I like once a month, the camera set up differently, like, why can't it just be set up the same? And uh -huh. I was like, we've never had this conversation. Apparently he's been very frustrated the last six months of this scenario. <laughs> I was like, yeah, cool. Let's revisit that. What would you be? You know? And I was like, Oh, this is that environment. This is the environment for them to like have access to us, have access to each other. And yeah. then I was like, Hey, why don't you go ask the other, there's six other camera ops here. Why don't you just go ask them? Right. Right. 
and see what they think or see how they want it set up. And like, uh, it just had those organic things. So yeah, those team nights were really fun. From a training standpoint, I think we got, there was little nuggets of things that people got better at. Yeah. But it really served as like the bigger picture of getting together, having those conversations. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. One of the things I really love about having a non-weekend event, whether it's training or bowling or whatever you're doing, yep. is that what we do on the weekends is like, it's a pressure cooker yep. that it's like not real. Yep. And everything's more intense. Everything is like, we have to you know keep moving forward and people have the potential to see each other at their worst, you know, yep. depending on how good things are going or how bad things are going. And to be able to put a team member in context outside of that to like, oh, I know you a little bit more than just yeah. how you are when like everything's going wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so valuable to community just to like to have another data point. It's why I always say, hey, if you're having trouble getting along with your worship leader, take them out to coffee, go have right. lunch together, do something that has nothing to do with this. I mean, this place that you're in that's full of tension, you know, it's like, yeah. get out of there. Yeah, funny story. So I had my first, at North Point, we had our first team night since we've been on staff. And I was in my like normal untucked button up with sleeves rolled up like yeah. plaid or something, you know. Right. And the volunteer, one volunteer walked in and said, oh, you do wear something other than black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, you look nice today. I was yeah. like, great, cool, thanks. I'm not sure. Like I am 36 years old. I'm like, cool, okay. <laughs> I'm glad I have your affirmation yeah. now. Yeah, no, another yeah. data point of right. uh, Jeremy's you, clothing. Yeah, yeah, you do You do wear something other than black. I'm like, yes, I do. Right. This is my during the work week. Oh, my uh, look. goodness. So, uh, but yeah, it's really important to build that community. And I, I learned that people, our volunteers want access to us as leaders. Mm-hmm. And so many times you find yourself, that that margin doesn't exist on Sundays and you sure. run around like yeah, crazy yeah. and it's just, yeah. I mean, nonstops, like do this, putting out fires, whatever. So uh, giving them time and even during those those Sundays, trying to be like intentional and like, hey, I got to go sit down. We got to, I got to sit and grab a 15 minute grab and go breakfast with a volunteer. Like it, it means the world to them. Yeah, um, yeah. It really does to have access to you. And for us, it's like, we're very humble. Like we're like serving behind, like we don't want anybody to see us. Right, right. But I think it's important for when you're leading volunteers, it's like realize like, no, people actually like you and think highly of you (laughs) and would love to have a real conversation with you. Even though like we see ourselves as like just the guy serving in the back. Right, right. But if you're a team leader, people want to hear and and have a personal conversation. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think too, as leaders, if you're a leader of a of a team of volunteers, it's like uh, you're also, I mean, responsible for what the team feels like and what the vibe is and what the, yep. the culture is. And I think, I know for me, I spent a lot of time, is so much of my life as a tech person, like somebody else is developing the culture that I'm just a part of. Yep. So the senior pastor, the arts leader, who you know, whatever thing I'm serving, that's where the a lot of that culture thing is happening, but the reality is like how how your team is, is how you lead it. And yep. so these ideas of like team night, you know, training, spending time with your volunteers, that all comes from you as the leader. Yep, yep, 100%. And you know, I, I learned a really good principle in college uh, in a leadership class. One of my professors said like, hey, you lead above where you want your team to be, because people actually will do less than what you're leading at. 
your followers will never automatically be a carbon copy of you. Right. So right. you have to lead a, a notch or two above. So when you think about community, it's like you got to be way more intentional about community for even the community to happen yeah. because they're going to be less engaged. So yeah, that, I don't know what you call that, but it was just the whole thing of like, I got to be more intentional and more thorough. Like I got to lead a little bit, not where I want my volunteers to be, but above. Right, right. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, I think for for me, one of the things I was thinking about community on our teams, we had a lot of time in between services that we were just kind of throwing away. Uh, you know, it's like I'm just so glad to not be like in the intensity of a service yes. that I'm just going to disconnect for 30 minutes or something instead of, hey, how could we maybe we throw bags, uh, you know, uh, yep. for 20 minutes or something like that with the team, or even we we added a couple extra minutes to our little setup time. And used it as a way to say, hey, how's everybody doing? Or, you know, we're already here. Let's take a couple extra minutes to make it a little bit more meaningful than just doing the job. Correct. Yeah. I think another part that we, we, we changed a lot about our schedule at North Point as well. And we added time in. Basically, we like gave larger chunks of time uh, in our morning schedule. Mm -hmm. It required volunteers to be there a little bit earlier. But what it did, we knew that it was going to give us the margin of those relational times. So it was like a big circle up on stage with our yep. volunteers right before yep. the, you know, before the chaos of everything. I don't remember if it was like 6.45 or 7 or whatever, we're circling around stage. Well, that was time we'd never had before. So it was like, okay, we need to, we need to give ourselves some of those community moment times. Right. But we don't call it that in our schedule because volunteers <laughs> yeah. don't show up for that necessarily. <laughs> yeah. So we just say, hey, call time uh, is. Call time is yeah. on stage 6.45. <laughs> See you yeah. then, you know. For community time. That's yeah. right, right. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be like, I'll oh, pass on that. Yeah, it's so funny to me. Like community time, like we were laughing that like nobody's yeah. going to show up for that. Yeah. It's like an unfelt need. Like nobody wants, nobody thinks first like, oh, yeah. I need some community time. Correct. But that's like, we all need it. And yeah. it, but it's 100%. not like front, front of mind necessarily. Yeah. It's not a felt need. Yes. So, I mean, even like I learned when I transitioned to Ross and I worked remotely, my wife was like, how's it three months you know, passed by. She's like, how's it going? I was like, I'm lonely. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I realized like my whole community was my workplace. Like, yeah, I had a team, had volunteers, like I could check that box and it was awesome. And now I've worked from home, like in front of my computer, like this is not (laughs) awesome. I'm just lonely. And so part of my reason why I'm at 12 stone is like, it's just an opportunity for me to still be engaged in those relationships. Like, cause it wouldn't, if I'm just working for a manufacturer and having zoom calls all day, it's like, if I'm not engaged in the community and actively doing what I'm passionate about, like, right, I feel like that would be a waste. So I, d- I needed to be involved, and I'm thankful that they let me come punch <laughs> buttons on a switcher. <laughs> yeah. So, if you're yeah. a tech leader and you're leading a community of tech people, a lot of times that can be lonely. I mean, I can remember for me, nobody at my church understood what I did. Yep. How come you're not at your desk all day? Uh, what do you do with all your time? You know, not understanding when things were not going well. What did that mean? You know, just yep. just feel misunderstood and alone. And I know for me, back in those days, I'm like, man, I need I need to talk to somebody or I need yep. to learn from somebody else. And you know, th- this was back in the day of I don't think I had a cell phone. Let's just say I didn't. No, no cell phones. No wow. cell phones. That I called information. Uh, so four one one. On the on the phone so, with a cord, side, side a landline. Four one one for all of those people <laughs> who didn't have that access, to that information. That's basically like the Google before the internet. That's right. 
When you got so. somebody on the on the phone would answer like, yeah, how can I help you? Yes. <laughs> I need information for an auto repair shop. Yeah, that's right. And they would yeah. give you a phone number. Right. I think it's so. in, yeah. Yeah. It's in Smyrna or something, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so, and I just said, okay, can I have the phone number to Saddleback Church? Yep. And I don't know, I maybe had three or four churches, big churches at the time that I'm like, and so I called them. I'm like, hey, do you have a tech person on your staff that I could talk to? And so they, like, I leave a voicemail and I started building relationships with other people doing something similar to what I was doing just to yep. like, man, wh- how do I do this better? And what can I learn from you? And the thing that I realized is like, well, it wasn't happening for me. Yeah. And so I had to go after it. Yep. But how important that community became for me. Yeah, I'm I'm really passionate about that. My story is a little bit different. I, w- I didn't find myself in a place of like isolation. I just felt myself in a in place of like doing the same thing over and over every week. Yes, and I was yep. like, I cannot get my head above water. So I was like, my excuse was, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Yeah. And it uh, did not put me in a position to look outside of like the the walls of the building that I was doing now. And it's like right. when I left uh, North Point to go to Ross, my eyes were opened. I was like, whoa, there's this whole other world out here of people. I mean, I had a network-ish a little sure. bit, but yeah, it's yeah. like, man, what would it have looked like if I was able to say no to a couple of those tasks or whatever and or re orient my priorities, you know, to connect. Uh, I, I'm guessing this would be like fellow coworkers, yeah. you know, out People in People doing something similar to what yes, you're doing. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And, and reach out. Yeah, it's really important. And I think, I don't know. I think it's very intimidating. That's what I say. Like, I was uh, like, oh, well, I don't want Willow Creek and Saddleback. They've been doing it forever. And then yeah. who do you call? Who do you get connected with? And you're like, I'm just some lowly guy. It's like all those yeah. things, mental things. Like, right. I'm an over-classic overthinker anyway. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I can... I can sell myself not to do something. Sure. Very yeah. easily. Yeah, yeah. You know, a million reasons why not to. And part of the origin story of Philo goes back to kind of these days of me making these phone calls that I was like, so I was in the Detroit area at the time. And I thought, like, I really need to to understand how other churches are doing these things. Mm-hmm. I, I have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, I, I'm just making, I felt like I was making it up every weekend. And so I'm like, well, yep. we'll gather some people together in the Detroit area and just we'll hang out and see what happens. Yep. So I, again, this is telling you how long ago this was. I, I, I got an email list, some or not an email list, a mailing list from somewhere, like a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. And I sent postcards to all the churches within a certain radius of a certain size, you know, for where I was. And I'm like, hey, we're going to gather Thursday night, this date at our church and... 250 people came. Jeez. And that must have been a killer postcard. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, (laughs) yeah, it was definitely not. I can tell you. I might have had help with it. uh, But what I was hoping for is like, we'll sit around in a circle and just share ideas. Yeah. And instead, it was like lots of people looking at me, like, what do you, you know, go ahead and start teaching us. Right. I'm like, oh, crap. This is not what I had in mind. But the thing that dawned on me was that I'm not the only one. Yeah that's feeling this way. Like all these people want to learn something, want to understand how to, yeah, how to do this thing that somebody else has already figured out. Or even my favorite part was like somebody would ask a question, yeah, what do you do about this and that? Like, yeah, we haven't figured that out yet. I I don't know. Even that was like super encouraging to people like, oh, uh, I'm not crazy. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and I think without that community, you you it's so easy to talk yourself into uh, I am crazy or yep. nobody understands me, and that's just kind of how it's always going to be. Yep, yep. I, so I remember. I mean, the need for community is real. I NAB this year, I met a production director from a big church out like in the Northwest area. Uh-huh. I was like, "Hey, why are you here at NAB? You looking for product? Anything?" And he, what he said was, "He's like, no." He said, "I follow you. I follow you guys. All you guys in the South, y'all, y'all can <laughs> yeah. get together anytime you want to." He's like, "There's no other big church around me for like a day's drive," <laughs> and I'm like, "He's like, I just here because I need to meet people," and I'm like, "Man, one, kudos to you. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Two, I'm glad you just told me. I'm like, I, I'm here to help. Like, bro, that's I can do that. That's easy. Yeah. So yeah, if you yeah. don't want to, you don't want to talk tech. Okay, let's go. I'll here's a couple of names. You should call them and." You know, introduce him to a couple other churches that he could learn from. And I think it's that's a real thing. And I think it requires us to like get above the weeds and and see, okay, yeah, hey, I just need to go, you know, reach out to people. And like you and your you and me both can be an asset to for to sure a resource for people. Like, hey, that's what I'm all about. Let's let's connect you to some folks. And I have some church guys who I've already asked. I was like, hey, when somebody, because it came up and then I was like, okay, so I reached out to a few churches. I was like, hey, this comes up. Like, are you willing to like, you know, let me give out your email address? And they're like, yeah, "Yeah, by all means. So there's a community out there for you. For sure. Um, Just get the right people or, you know, email me, email Todd, whatever, and we'll get you connected. Yeah, for sure. I really believe that God designed each of us uniquely and specifically and especially in this world of the technical arts, we're, you know, we're, we're a unique bunch. Yep. And I think that God wants us to be around for the long term. He doesn't want us burned out and fried and disillusioned and yep. disgruntled and all those things that, frankly, we're known for. You know, the stereotypical yep. tech person is grumpy and says no a lot. Yep. And I think a key to longevity is to be in community with others that – you, that understand the struggles, that understand how challenging it can be and can just yep. encourage each other. Maybe with not not with the answers, yep. but at least with you can do this. Like I, I made it through that period too. And um, you know, there's life on the other side or whatever. Yep. Yeah, I think it's it's crucial. So even like the so the church, the small church that I say small church, they're like 500 seat auditorium, two services. Mm-hmm. I think that we just crested over a thousand people, like total. Okay. Everything that has a heartbeat, right? Yeah. In the building, <laughs> including some ants, maybe. But uh, yeah. so, you know, so that size church, you know, I told the guys there, I was like, hey, uh, and, and this is true, I think, no matter how big or small your church is, if you go to your senior pastor and you're like, hey, I need to go to this church because I need to learn something from what they're doing. Yeah. I, I don't know many senior pastors that are going to say no to that. Right. Right. It's like, yeah. okay, well, let's figure out how to pay for it. You may need to fundraise the money. You may need to find your budget. Maybe you need to do it six or eight months from now. But like, you need to start that conversation sooner than waking up one day and say, hey, tomorrow I need to go to this church down the road. Right. Yeah. Just say to whoever your supervisor is, senior pastor, whatever that structure may be, and like, hey, I think I need to go visit some people so we can do what we do better. Yeah. And no, senior pastor, most of them. Right. Most senior pastors are going to be like, say mo- yeah, cool. Most senior pastors are hoping you're going to get better anyway. So yeah. Right. Oh, you're going to get it's better? Like, yeah, please go. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. It's like, okay, that, yeah, that is, if you can hear anything, know that I've been on those side of those conversations. Like, yes, most of the time, everybody wants those things to happen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, 
I'm pretty passionate about it. And I guess I would, yeah, I would encourage everybody too. Like, it's not so much that it has to be like you're talking to somebody at North Point or at uh, yeah. Transformation Church or Elevation or wherever, right. all those, the big places. Although, I mean, they're worth reaching out to and seeing if they'll talk to you. But what about the church down the street or yes. the, you know, the church on the other side of town or the other church in your denomination or whatever? I mean, there are churches your size around you that yep. are probably doing something that you could do better and vice versa. And yeah, yeah it's a great way to start. There's a group of uh, technical directors in Indianapolis that I don't know how often they get together, but it's like 30, 50 people, something like that. It's like, bring your lunch. We're meeting at this church on this day. We're going to hang out for two hours. We'll get a tour of that facility and we'll just talk shop and yep. life. And yep. yeah, it's so great just with the people that are nearby. Yep. What I didn't, I, I kind of didn't realize this whole community. I mean, I felt the need for it and all that stuff. But when I got to my job at Ross, we had a lot of internal uh, conversation. I was learning about other markets, right? Like news yeah. and everything Sports, else. And, I, yeah. it, and everybody was like, Jeremy, do other churches, like, are they competitive? And I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah, eh, well yeah. it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then I was like, I realized like, oh, we shouldn't be. Like we have the best sure. message. We have the the best message anyone can ever hear. And like, we shouldn't be competitive with the church next door. Now, some yeah. of us aren't competitive and others are. Right. And so- I think it's we owe it to our calling, to be honest, and say, hey, it's not a competition thing. Let's just get together and hang out. And like, right. we're here for the same, yes, there's going to be like small little differences, but we're here for the same reason. Like, right. that's what I want to do at Ross is like really champion that. Like right. at the end of the day, it's like, hey, how can we work together? For sure. Work smarter, support each other better. Yeah, locally too. Like that's yeah. drive down the road, meet the guy. You were saying it earlier, like the week in, week out grind of doing ministry can be exhausting. And when I started thinking about how can I help the church down the street, whether I have something for them to benefit from or not, but I started thinking about how can we start helping each other? Yep. It's just, it's an elevated way of thinking about what I'm good at and what I what I have to yep. offer instead of it just being, I got to make sure the planning center's filled out right, you know, in one more week yep. versus, yeah, how can I help the person down the street? Yep. Yep. It's wild. And then, you know, there may be churches down the street that are only volunteers. Yeah. So it's like, how can you support them and, you know, help them? And so, it, yeah, I'm big, big on the community thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big deal. so important. And I know Ross is really big into sponsoring community events and just gatherings yeah. and that sort of thing, which I love. Anything you guys got going on there that would be worth uh, hearing about? Well, we're from a community standpoint, we're always involved in doing things. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I want to I want to help. So like the, the Jeremy at Ross side is like, you can always reach out to me. I don't care whether you want to buy Ross gear or not. Like I'm here to help. So mm-hmm. Um, that's always going. And then we're going to always be at, you know, events. I don't even remember what all the events are, but they're always happening. But yeah, yeah. from a gear, can I talk about, I don't yeah, love, talk about gear, I, don't, yeah. I don't love being like the, Hey, here's a cool new thing. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I would uh, say we've been talking about just how part of the community piece is learning about yes. new stuff and new ways of doing stuff. So this is, this falls right into it. Yeah. Okay, good. Cause uh, yeah, at the end of the day, what I'll say about the gear side of things is like, COVID and this supply chain thing has been just a mess for, I mean, if, if you've been involved in a project in the last 24 months and you're listening, you're like, yes, 
know, timelines and all that <laughs> kind of stuff has been whack. R and D has been really whack too. So like all oh, that stuff has just changed. So it's like think about like from a chip shortage standpoint to like getting products out and like you know, there's a lot of manufacturers who have like had to like reinvent current products, pushes which pushes R and D back a lot. Yeah. So it, that's still an ongoing thing. So if you hear anything from me, it's like, hey, whether it's Ross or whatever manufacturer, just give them some grace. They're doing the best they can what they got. Because it is like <laughs> on this side of it is the we're in the weeds trying to help, you know, still deliver, you know, the products that we make and sure are reliable. Yeah. So we don't have like a new whiz bang piece of heart. I don't know when this is going to release. So we'll just pretend like we're sometime in the summer. <laughs> yeah. So whenever this releases, <laughs> something else may have come out that I don't know about. So that's the one like caveat. But <laughs> yeah. in the meantime, a lot of our uh, team, uh, I guess we released a couple of new switcher things uh, last year uh, with putting a switcher inside of our Ultrix frame, which is really awesome. And then, Along the way, uh, we're going to be uh, releasing a new edition of the Carbonite software. So upgrade to our Carbonite Ultra line okay. and our Ultrix Carbonite line. And what's great about that, and this is the reason why it ties into community, I think, is our switcher updates are always free as long as they're compatible with your hardware, which most of the time they're backwards comp- compatible. Okay. We add like, it's not just bug fixes, but it's it's actually features. So there's some cool new features coming into the Carbonite Ultra and Ultrix Carbonite. So I don't want to get deep in the weeds, but it's called Ultra Scenes. And so it's a compositing, it's a, think about it as a, a mix bus without a mixer. So you get a background layer and two keyers, and so if you're okay. not uh, if you're not video people, you're gonna be like, "What is this? <laughs> is Don't hit pause! About? Don't hit pause! I promise." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 30, 30 more seconds. We'll move on. So it's a background layer and two keyers, and it just there's no mixing between two different background layers, right? So it's just static background, and then you you can manipulate the keyers, right? You can create a two box or a DVE effect or whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. And so we are releasing these four ultra scenes that are in addition to all the other Emmys that you already have. Oh, wow. And so, which is kind of like we're giving you new stuff and you didn't even pay for it. So it's awesome. I don't know how our team did it, but so from an R&D standpoint, they're making more out of the hardware that you already own, right? So it's just a software upgrade that's free that gives you these ultra scenes and you can use them for like cutting in and out of pip looks and stuff like that. So you don't have to burn another ME. Right, to create the the pip look. Yeah. 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 So anyway... That's a cool little update, and I think it's um, testament to how much we believe about the, the, the idea of community and the idea of like, hey, there's certain things that we want to continue to add value uh, without wanting another dime. Sure. From yeah. So that's what I like. And then obviously from a year, we should have talked about this and maybe a next year's <laughs> yeah. podcast. Okay. Yeah. When you're on for the third time. Third right? time. Yeah. <laughs> UHD is a thing, man. I don't, it, All right. you know, 12G is like, the more and more it keeps coming up, which I'm thankful for our gear. All the gear that we produce now is all 12G hardware. Okay. So it's sold as HD hardware, right? So it's going to function as a, a 1080 piece of hardware, and then sure. you can buy a, a license to upgrade it Oh wow! Okay. to uh, UHD. So anything that you buy that's been built here in the last couple of years is that, particularly from a router and switcher standpoint. Oh, nice. You know, everybody wants to have the like UHD 12G proof, like 4K, four, there's UHD, 12G, 4K, it's all the same <laughs> yeah. terminology. So yeah. I, yeah, guess I know for me, for me, yeah. I have an event coming up. We have one piece of gear that will be in 4K. We were just talking about how, okay, it's a, uh, it's going to be a uh, like a graphics thing with a, you know, the graphics and then an alpha channel. So that's two yep. 4K signals. And then if yes. you want a backup to that, 
okay, we're like using four 4K. I I don't know if we have that many inputs. Yes, uh, but it's, it's a lot. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a lot. Or we could have sixteen regular HD channels. That sounds Correct. like a lot more capability. But Correct. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So I mean, I've been deep. I mean, I've, I'm on calls a lot about like, hey, so what is what does UHD look like, and particularly mix format systems. So where you're having, you know, a couple of 4K signals and a couple of uh, you know, 1080, HD yeah. 1080 yeah. stuff. So it's really like the core. I always say like your core switcher, like what are you, what are you like switching and cutting cameras on? Like right. your sources, like are you doing that in 4k? Then that says one thing you're doing that in 1080. Then you like down convert things anyway. So yeah, it's, it's a lot, but our <laughs> yeah. products at least will do a single link 12 G or routers nice. and switchers. So therefore you can get stuff in and on its way, or you can upgrade it, you know, like, sure. Yeah. Do you see many people going 4k? Like, is it a, Oh, or is a, it like an emerging like I've tried to prevent it. Like I'm like every time I'm like don't do it, don't do it, don't do it cuz it's so expensive, right? It's four yeah, times right. the data. Yep. So it's like four times the data coming down that like piece of cable, which means that cable has to be shorter, it has to be a different type of cable. Right. Not only does the software and hardware cost more, but the cabling costs more, so it's just um so much more expense. So the whole future-proof terminology which is funny that that's what we've all kind of like resolved on like, okay, we want to future proof it. Maybe we're not buying the software licenses right, right. to run. Like yeah. cameras are, camera manufacturers are doing software license well. So you can have a 1080 camera that could be licensed to being a 4K camera in the future. Right, right. So the future proofing is what people are wanting to do. Sure. Buy the hardware and cable it in a way that three years from now we could turn it on. Yep, yep. Um, and I think that, is probably the right way to go if you're building a system now. Sure. Because I don't think we're ever going to get away from it. I think the hard part is that, I don't know, there's a lot of different opinions about <laughs> it. There's people who are going to disagree with me. Like when you see, watch a YouTube stream, yeah. some people will say, I can tell when it's, you know, compressed 1080 and compressed 4K. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. some people are be like, nah, you can't tell. So you know, I think that's all just going to get better. Sure. So maybe more pixels do matter in the future. Right, right. But you know, that's it's kind of where we are, and it's kind of like the days of going from SD to HD. It's yeah. like just messy. Yeah. There's It's not great options. It's expensive. But, you know, if you want to have a system that's ready for the next 10 years, I guess buying some hardware that costs more to get you there is probably the right sure, thing to do. right, right. So. Yeah, for me, I just think about iMag, which is how a lot of people are using yep. in, a, in the church uh, setting. And yep. Can you really tell the difference between right. uh, HD and 4K on an iMag screen, especially if it's pixel-based, you know, LED the answer wall? Is no. Like, yeah, the answer yeah. is no. <laughs> but on your stream and all that stuff, okay, now, yeah, yeah. maybe, but... Uh, yeah, and I think projectors will get better, or all, it'll all be LED walls at some point. So, right. like, yeah. yes, pixel density matters, and, you know, as soon as you get such a larger wall, it has to be a 4K space or it's going to be scaled up, so... There's some reasons for it and the pixel density and all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. But that's just costs so much to upgrade all at yeah. once. For sure. You know, displays, <laughs> switcher, router, the whole oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. So, my goodness. Yeah. Cool. Well, we talked we talked about a lot. We we did. We we skimmed the service on a few topics. Yes. <laughs> All so, good. Yeah. So I guess maybe people want to follow you or reach out to you. Like, do you have yep. Instagram or? Uh, yep. 
Any I got of that stuff. Yeah. So Jeremy Bags is my personal Instagram account, which is not private, so you can follow me. Yeah. Uh, so, so watch you your trip see, out west. That's yeah, right. 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 Yeah. You want to see what I'm doing personally and <laughs> yeah. pictures of my kids and work a few work things. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we created Ross Worship Instagram uh-huh. handle uh, maybe back in November of 2021. Okay. So we're learning. I'll say this: we're learning how to be on social from a Ross worship standpoint and I would appreciate the follow and the whole goal of Ross worship on Instagram is to add value to the community, not to sell you a product, not to sell you that Ross is awesome, but really to add value to our community. And so we want to be that and we want that space to be there for that. The comments, the, all the stuff, I get to see all that stuff and respond. So either way, you can direct message me through either one, get in touch with me and yeah, it'll be fun to see what Ross Worship, like what it becomes. Sure. And how we go from there. Nice. So, yeah. Well, thanks so, so. much for being on the podcast and I hope yeah. you have a great trip out west. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And then I uh, look forward to whenever yeah, things might one. happen again. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> or never. Either one. Who knows? <laughs> I'm sure Chelsea will tell us when. That's right. <laughs> when, if and when. When it's time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. See you later. We had a really random start to the podcast talking about summer vacation, but the concepts are so important for us. Not only the idea of disconnecting from work during a vacation, but even the chance to have something other than work to capture your attention. And for Jeremy, it was planning the vacation that helped him disconnect each day. And I guess I have a question. What is the thing that helps you turn off your brain from work each day? I think it's really important for all of us to disconnect once in a while from what we're doing. Whether you love it or not, I think it's really important to refresh your mind in some new way. I also loved what Jeremy said about community, that it can't be forced, systematized, or processed. You know, he asked that question, why is so-and-so leaving? Well, have you talked to them? I mean, I think it's such an easy trap to get into, especially when there's so much to get done. But really, people matter more than gear or systems. So how can we be spending our time knowing our team members, not just treating them like a means to an end? Also, if you're a leader, it can sometimes feel like you're just one of the team. I loved when Jeremy talked about that. But the reality is that you're the leader and your team is looking to you for how to respond, for a conversation, for just a check-in for vision, for training, and it needs to come from you as the leader. You know, we love Jeremy over here at Philo, and he really cares about helping resource those of us doing the technical arts in the local church. And through his job at Ross, he's been super active in providing ways for us all to connect. And you can check out our show notes for a way to see what Ross is up to and uh, what they have to offer our community. And I would have to say just Ross as a company, I just rented the Furio robotic camera dolly from Ross for an event, the GLS. Uh, Maybe not something most churches are using, but it was so awesome. It was totally cool. Uh, But I was really impressed with not only the gear, but the support that we got from the people at Ross. It was so amazing. And for many of you, you're using something more like a Carbonite switcher, or maybe you've got the new Ultrix router. And as Jeremy said, they're always sending updates that gives your Ross equipment more features than before, which is uh, pretty awesome. Uh, Ross, maybe you know, is a huge partner of Philo over the years. And because they really believe in helping those of us doing production in the local church, you know, they're going to be at Philo next year. And you can see them if you sign up at philo.org for 
Philo 2023 on May 2nd and 3rd, which is a little earlier than last year. And we've already got some of the planning underway. We're trying to figure out how to make the best event possible. You can attend in person or virtually, but make sure you attend so that you can experience all the community skill development and inspiration to keep you going for the year. If you don't already, you can follow us on social media at Philo Community on Facebook and Instagram and at Philo Conference on Twitter. And you can also consider subscribing to our newsletter on philo.org or to this podcast to stay up to date on all things Philo. All right. Thanks for joining us and see you next time.